Hello, welcome to yet another episode of Beyond the Present Podcast. I'm here live, joined by Pujix from Toronto, Canada. Hey, there, man. How's it going? Life is fantastic. How are you? I am doing terrific. And guess what? I am joined by Ahmad Paracha. He's a polyglot, astrophysicist, super intelligent guy. Glad I'm first on the show. So, Ahmad, how are you, my man? I am doing well, Dan. How are you? I am doing terrific. I heard a lot about you from Pujix regarding your achievements as well as your high level of intelligence. And I just heard that you are a polyglot, which just made me quite interesting because I myself love the concept of learning foreign languages and not just relying always on English. So, Ahmad, first of all, uh, would you tell us a little bit of your background in terms of language learning and what language you currently speak? Okay, so, well, I am from Pakistan. Originally. Um, where, originally, where I learned, um, of course, my mother tongue, but also some regional languages such as Pashto, Punjabi. There's languages called Hindko. Interesting. Um, and English was taught in school. And uh, there's some languages that my family spoke, which were Farsi. Interesting. And then I went to high school in the United States. In which state, by the way? In Virginia. Virginia, that's right. It's called Langley High School. That's right. One of the requirements to graduate is we have to take the language. And one of the languages that I picked, uh, because I was interested in space then, which uh, was Russian. So I studied it for three years. Interesting. High school, and those are that's sort of the background of knowledge uh, languages that I have. Very nice. And since you're our first uh, super polyglot on our show, I just want to actually ask you to go ahead and tell us a very simple sentence in the language that you know for our listeners, uh, one by one, depending on your basic preference. So, first, let's start with Urdu, actually. Would you like to say something simple in Urdu? Yeah. Assalamu alaikum. Mira naam imade. Urdu aati yaha. Very nice. That was cool. Now, can you say something in Punjabi? Yeah, it's going to be very similar again. Salam. Sardanam Imad. Fantastic. Now it's time for Farsi. Salam. Nam Imad Nimad has. Man Farsi. Man Farsi. Okay. Fantastic. And I also heard that you speak some Russian. Это прекрасно. Вообще, ну скажи вообще, как ты изучал этот язык? Ага, понятно. Я знаю, что ты решил изучать этот язык в США, и для меня это очень интересно, потому что это очень сложный язык. Русский сложно, но вы можете... Как раз тебе понимаю Очень сложный язык и очень трудно на самом деле Но сейчас ты вообще умеешь Разговаривать по-русски, да? Немного Немного, но это хорошо has gone away over the past couple of, of years. Of course, man. You got to practice, dude. You got to, I mean, they say in language, yes, you got to use it or you got to lose it. That's so true. But still, That's it's great to have a cool, a cool polyglot here. But guess what? Your main profession is not linguistics. You're actually an astrophysicist. That's like a, such a cool name. But before I actually ask you, so Pujix, uh, what the heck is an astrophysicist? I mean, because you are a physicist. How does a physicist differ from an astrophysicist? 
Well, actually, I, I am an astrophysicist as well. Are I'm you kidding me? Dude, come on. You so got to let me in on this. I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. So obviously there are very, uh, there, very uh, so many similarities here. So astrophysics that, uh, you know, deals with the physics in the in our cosmos, basically. So in our outer space, in our uh, so it, it has many similarities to astronomy. So it's, it's basically so sort of like a parallel uh, name for astronomy, but we also adopted the name astrophysics, meaning the physics of the astro. Interesting. So you yourself, Pujas, you are now an astrophysicist, or you're just a physicist. Right. So my degree's name is physics and astrophysics. So it has both wow. components to it. Wow, quite amazing. Yeah. So you both are astrophysicists, and I'm the only guy who doesn't know anything other than just the zodiac sign. Do you guys study the zodiac signs by any chance? I actually do not know the zodiac <laughs> signs. <laughs> well, I, I can give a brief intro. That's right. Um, so they're, they're basically – I personally don't believe that much in them. Um, uh, the way they were formulated is when the sun actually goes by in the sky, um, it passes through these constellations. And by passes, I mean what is in the background behind the sun, mm -hmm. the, the star systems that are behind the sun as it goes across in, um, as it goes across the sky from our viewpoint. That's right. The passes through are those zodiac constellations. That's sort of where it came from, um, and somehow they were tied to mythology and uh, as well as uh, luck. <laughs> Quite unbelievable, fantastic. But right now, what I actually want to know is, do you believe in it? I personally do not believe in it as much, uh, just because of the fact that um, I, do have a, I did have a small stint as a part-time magician. And a lot of the tricks that I learned where you sort of read the mind is based on trying to have the reader, um, and this is something you guys would probably know about as well, trying to have the reader understand um, or try to try to be, try to have the reader read something that they can connect to. Oh so they my. say, yes, this has happened in my life. This has happened in my life previously. Hey, buddy, sort of don't, don't reveal all of our I secrets, man. We, that, we, 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 got, we got to use those secrets, no, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> we got to use those stuff, man. Don't don't reveal all of our secrets, man. Come on, we gotta we gotta keep these people entertained. But anyways, the fact of the matter is, that from my perspective, this is a very interesting subject. But I do know that ast astrophysics has nothing to do with like uh, astrology or like reading the signs or whatever it is. So why don't you right now, Ahmad, go ahead and tell us a, a basically a basic understanding of what is exactly astrophysics and what do you guys study on a daily basis. All right. So, like you mentioned, it is not not exactly related to the zodiac signs or luck or anything of that sort. And as uh, Pujix uh, excellently mentioned, it is the study of physics, but with astro astrological bodies. And here, astrological by astrological, I mean bodies that are in space. Um, so, you we study the motion of those bodies. We study where. Since we can model the motion in the future, how about modeling the motion in the past? See where the universe came from. See wow. where the Big Bang came from. Studying the radiation that is outside. Since space is 99.999997% empty space. And wow. the only thing that makes it, that makes it 
um, worthwhile and it makes it something that we should study is the little impurity that is us, that is space, that is that is Earth, that is uh, that are the planets. Wow. And to study where it all came from and the the meaning behind the the meaning behind all of this, that is something that we study. But also um, in more concrete terms. Um, such as modeling the universe, modeling different theories, how space-time works, how the concept of that is, um, oh and how to utilize all of this to our benefit. That's quite amazing. Oh, my goodness. But first, let me start with Pujiks. Pujiks, why yeah. in the world did you decide to study such a difficult subject? <laughs> well, that's a good question. And I was actually telling Ahmad uh, during we had a couple of uh, really rough courses this semester, and I was talking to him, and I was like, when I tell people what I do, they're like, wow, astrophysicist, well, physicist, astrophysicist, that's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, like, it is amazing. Of course, I'm doing it, but it's, it's such a shocking reaction. And now I get it. <laughs> I mean, difficult. let's be honest, dude, that's, that's something too difficult. I mean, you don't do this because you want to get a job as soon as possible. Let's be honest. Right. No, you are in no, this I'm, because I'm, you like this stuff and because you perhaps like certain, I don't know, analytical perspective on your career on, let's say, if you want to be a researcher, you, if you want to be a thinker, yeah. this is not the kind of job you want to, the kind of feel you want to uh, get to just get a job, right? You, you really like this yeah. thing. Yeah, absolutely. I was always amazed by physics, by, by especially by cosmos, the world around us, outside stars, and all that. I had the privilege of living in places at times that you could actually see the stars, and I don't mean just a couple of dots in the in the in the sky. I mean actually the blankets of stars at night. Wow. So so yeah, I was always amazed, and I always loved the mystery. So I was like, why not go pursue and try to figure it out. Interesting. Very nice. So uh, let's start first uh, now about now we talked about this whole concept of astrophysics. Let's talk about the applications of this field. So what are the applications of astrophysics in our day to day lives for the people who might not be academics or thinkers like you guys? How do we apply this field to the real world? So one one major development that doesn't really affect us day to day, um, but it, it's definitely something that we all know about. Um, and the likelihood is that all of our house, a lot of our houses might be powered by energy coming from it, which is nuclear energy wow. and uh, nuclear weapons. Um, their discovery came from studying the sun and how the sun works. The sun is essentially a very, very, very big nuclear explosion. Um, that uh, that is not very efficient, which is why it's not just exploding everywhere. Um, however, studying how the sun works and postulating how the sun worked was instrumental in the creation of nuclear weapons. Oh, my. Um, hydrogen weapons. So that is one very, very important aspect of, of astrophysics that came to help us in our everyday lives. Not in the sense of nuclear weapons. but in Exactly. I'm not going to say that nuclear weapons are helping us, but you're right. You get. You, I got your point. <laughs> nuclear energy and understanding how nuclear nucleus works. That is important. Interesting. Any other applications of the field, astrophysicists, uh, from your perspective, Pujix? Yeah, I mean, I'll get to that in a second, but if, uh, I mean, I'm not one of them, but probably a nuclear weapon enthusiast would say it ended the war at many costs but anyways that was a joke it's so totally possible man i'm telling you <laughs> especially now with a donald trump story oh my goodness yeah so anyways uh, back to the uh, yeah i mean there are many applications i'm gonna get to the well it's not particularly astrophysics it's most, mostly space science but uh, it's, it's it's basically related so 
um, you know, with the with the new era since the 1950s and 60s, when we started all our all these, by we I mean humanity, the Soviet Union and America at the time, the dominant ones, they, so we started the space programs, different vari- uh, various versions of them. We have had a lot of the luxuries that we have today, like our cell phones simply. We have had these discoveries from to pursuing space exploration, and that is something that we, we couldn't live like this at all wow. have we had not. You are saying space, that yeah. we have our cell phones because of you astrophysicists. Well, not just astrophysicists, but... I wish I could give you a virtual hug right now, because I really appreciate (laughs) it. I mean, I I can hug you right now through this devices, but hopefully hopefully my spirit will reach you guys. Good job for doing that, for going up in the air, making these phones work. That's all pretty amazing. But you now mentioned some of these things, but but actually I have a question now about uh, the, the future, because now we are living in a world where it's getting ripped into pieces by global warming, by a lot of other factors and i'm for always uh, I've, I've always been a huge fan of living in colonies and other planets and this is you know outside of just uh, uh you know fiction and movies and video games this concept hasn't yet been realized so i want to start first with you uh ahmad do you really yep. think that the concept of us humans living in uh, basically other planets having our own colonies there and living there just like another planet. Is that a reality, do you think, or is it just a work of fiction? So it is actually very close to being a reality. People have been living in the International Space uh, Station uh, for many, many years now. It's been, I think, maybe two decades or so. Um, nearly two decades or so. But those so are astronauts. I mean, they're trained. They're bo- And of course, I hear there's a lot of problems. Like if these guys come back on Earth because there's no gravity basically on basically outside of the planet where the gravity is a lot less. So their bones, I mean, they, they even lose bone density when they come back to Earth. That is true. And, there, and that is actually research that is being conducted on the space station at the moment, which is how does that, how is that affected? Um, how does space travel affect humans? And those are actually master's courses that are being, uh, that are being introduced in many different universities uh, these days as well, which is how human, humanity would live on other planets. However, I would still say it is very close to being a reality, um, then very far away. However, a permanent colony might be something that would be far away, more so just a small colony of people. Interesting. So, hold on a second. Why do you think it's so uh, difficult to have such a colony? Like, literally, let's say I want to immigrate to Mars, for example. I don't know if it's possible to live on Mars by the current technology or, I don't know, some other planet on the moon or something. I mean, let's say we literally want to have a small city and I want to get a a visa to Mars. I just want to go to Mars and I just want to take my kids to school there. I mean, is that going to be a reality anytime soon or is it just just imagination? Can I I jump? For sure, definitely. You, you ask, you ask, why is it so difficult and all that? So I want to use. I don't actually know who was this uh, phrase or paraphrase, but rather uh, was associated to it first. But in, in a space community, everybody tells you that in space, literally everything is going out of its way to kill you because it's extremely inhospitable. Uh, so, wow. so you have to work really hard. Make sure simply just not to die, any, uh, let alone anything further. Oh, my goodness. 
So how about like these uh, stories, like these works of fiction where they create these huge space stations? I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with certain works of fiction that is about, you know, other planets. Of course, we have the Star Wars, but one of my most favorite actually was uh, the video game series Mass Effect on the previous generation of consoles. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that one. And like having like a place like a citadel, like a place where you have huge colonies of people, even like different, of course, that's a work of fiction, so there are a lot of different members of other species but like literally we have this huge city on its own this huge you know strong citadel where people are living together there is gravity just like earth there is air and there's oxygen just like earth manufactured let's say by some plants by other means and whatever it is i mean could that be ever a reality or really it's just a work of fiction yeah i'll let you to take this if you want I would say that's more of a work of fiction. Um, manufacturing gravity is very, very hard unless you spin your spacecraft very, very fast. Okay. And that is something that is possible. Um, I wouldn't say impossible, but uh, highly unlikely yeah, I mean, to publish in the near so, future. So I would say that spinning the uh, spacecraft to create gravity would be only possible if you have a, a spaceship that is super massive, like at least to the size of half the size of moon or something like that wow half the the size of the moon yeah because the the spinning would make you nauseous if it was too small because you would feel it very aggressively like right now the earth's spinning but we don't feel it and it doesn't have to spin as as much because it's it's already massive enough to have some sort of gravity so um to creating gravity i'm talking about gravity alone so one question guys you want to how about these space yeah. stations? I mean, like, again, I see a lot of these uh, works of fiction where you just enter a ship, for example. Let's say you enter a ship and then there's suddenly gravity and then boom, you drop, you drop down and there's gravity. I mean, isn't that a, a reality right now? There, that is the reason why they're called fiction. Oh, my goodness. So that's just total fiction. Of course. So you cannot I mean, just I mean, go to your ship and then press a button and boom, gravity is uh, established. Not like this. Unless, unless the ship is spinning very fast, then no, it is, it is not going to be possible. Yeah, in, in some of those cases, they try to justify it scientifically by giving you some sort of boots that has magnet in it. And it, it uh, activates a magnetic, magnetic field like in the spaceships or, or something. Again, empowering that magnetic field uh, and that magnet basically would be very, very costly in terms of power that would get consumed well let's not talk about the costs let's talk about the uh, the reality could we use a magnet to create gravity this way think think that there's no problem with the costs right now i mean mean, you can't you can't create gravity with magnets but you can't create a pole that keeps you from floating in space like it can basically if you have the right kind of boot but then it would be really difficult to lift your leg so it would be really bad oh (laughs) my goodness you see guys disclaimer by the way um, by by saying we're creating gravity by having it spin, that's that's a bad wording. I should say we're s- simulating gravity. True, uh, true. Yeah, that's centrifugal good. force, gravity force of gravity is another kind of force. Interesting. So this is a simulation of gravity, not actually creating gravity. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, and- I mean, it would feel the same for a person sitting there, but uh, it's a different force, yes. Wow, unbelievable. So we have been fed all of these things for the past, uh, let's say, 10, 20 years, and all of that is basically BS. So we cannot just go to a you know space station, press a button, and boom, we got gravity. It's not like this. Not at all. Man, I'm got dis- I got disappointed right now. Oh, my goodness. So in that case, how the heck are we going to live on other planets? 
it gets uplifting at some point, I hope. <laughs> oh, my. I really hope. Uh, guys, give me some hope because I really would like – I mean the idea of living literally on moon or on Mars. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so, but but, but got to mention though, planets are a different story because they're super massive themselves compared to a spaceship. And I'll let them out to elaborate on that. But yeah. Interesting. So yeah. let's so, say you want to live on Mars, for example. Uh-huh. So, so first of all, Mars does have a gravitational pull which is significant enough. So something could something could live on Mars. However, there's many problems that arise with uh, the biology of it. One, where would the food come from? So there must be provisions made for food to be able to uh, to be able to be uh, grown over there mm-hmm. the, to create a self-sustaining environment. That is one thing that is very important and research is being done at the moment at the International Space Station to see how they can grow plants for humans to eat. The second very, very big problem, and that is something that has not been researched yet, just because of the ethics behind it, which is um, how is childbirth done in space? Oh, that is a goodness. And the reason why it has not happened yet is primarily because it, it is very dangerous. No one knows what will happen. It has been done with animals, and it has been very, very tough for uh, for the mothers. Um, there has been there have been pregnant rats that have been sent to space, and it has been very tough for the mothers to give birth um, rather than the fetuses. Um, however, the problem is: can an experiment happen with a pregnant human? One question: What's the what's the problem here exactly? I mean, how about like a C-section? The the problem isn't isn't how the baby will be born. It's whether what will happen to the baby and the fact that you would essentially be giving away a life. Uh, you would essentially be putting a life in jeopardy with oh. that, and especially with the mother being there. A lot of mothers say no to that. Why would they give? Why would they say? Why would they do that to their child? Interesting. That is, that is the biggest issue that is there. So one of the um, issues now is about giving birth on Mars. The other one is, of course, food and the other stuff. But overall, can we increase gravity? Uh, I mean, by using any technology, is it possible to increase gravity on Mars? So we do not actually need to have basically all of these well, devices on. We don't have any. So 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 Mars, it's fine. Like any kind of planetary body, although if it's smaller, you would feel less pull of gravity, but still very much fine. You would just feel lighter if it's smaller, uh, less massive than, than Earth, for example. If it's more massive, you would feel heavier a little bit. So there's no problem because they're uh, massive enough that the planets themselves living on them, it's, it's not going to be – the gravity is not going to be a problem. But, dude, uh, I don't want to float in the air to go to work. I mean I've seen these footages I mean, uh, of all of these no. uh, astronauts. <laughs> I mean it's like, so I'm jumping in the so, air. I'm going to go to work. So when you're, yeah, when you're out – <laughs> yeah, when you're outside the uh, the planet, so let's say you're on the spaceship, uh, ISS spaceship, International Space Station spaceship, mm-hmm. that's a different story because you're not on the planet and you're in space. So say we're traveling from Earth to Mars, that period of six months or whatever, yeah, that would be a problem. Hold on a second. Are you, you saying it takes six months to get from Earth to Mars? In the best condition, yes. In uh, the, the best condition? condition? Yes. You guys yes. are kidding it, it, me. <laughs> Six months. Most of space is just empty. So. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable, man. We're so lucky to yeah. be on Earth here. But again, I still haven't got my answer. We are now. Can we create a, uh, let's say, city-like, uh, for example, fortress on Mars 
that has extra gravity to make life easier for the citizens? Yeah, again, so the, pro- the problem with Mars is not gravity. Gravity is sufficient enough that we don't feel like we're floating on, on top of Mars. Are you sure about this? Because how about all the footages we've yeah. seen so far? Well, we, we didn't see the footage of people on Mars, and we have actually robots on Mars, and they're just moving around on top of Mars with no problem at all. I mean, again, so there's no problem. And uh, may I ask you right now, for, yeah. for the Earth gravity, what's the force exactly? Uh, so the acceleration of gravity would be 9.8 uh, meters per second. Okay, in, uh, on, on Earth, right? Less. On Earth. Yes. And yes. how about on Mars? Sorry, per second squared, my bad. Uh, Mars, say it again. 3.7, which is about one-third. One-third, dude? This is a lot different, I guess. This is one-third. So, so, so like one kilogram it. here on Earth, one kilogram here on Earth is uh, three times heavier than on Mars, right? Yes. So Mars is a very good way to lose weight. Exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's like you're a fat ass. You go to Mars like, guess what? Here, I'm actually less than 100 pounds. All right. That's pretty. That's so possible. Think about it. So is there any way to boost that gravity to create a lifestyle very similar to life on Earth on Mars? Unfortunately, with the current technology available, no. How about other planets that are, have a mass big enough that is similar to Earth? Uh, but let me let me say this first, though. Yeah. But my my point is that the gravity on Mars is not our biggest issue. Like that's really livable. Although it's very different than Earth, it's it's manageable. The problem is, as Imad mentioned, one of them is food. That's the right. Other one is uh, Mars doesn't have a substantial enough of an atmosphere and slash or water. We don't know if it does have a water. Well, I think that's and not a big deal because we can create, let's say, uh, a, a, I told you, like a fortress uh, made of basically high-tech uh, devices where there's oxygen uh, made inside of the station, where there is food, uh, that, for example, some greenhouse inside. I mean, have you guys, uh, by the way, are you guys familiar with the work of fiction Martian? Yeah, yeah. A great well, book again, came we're... out. And of course, a movie was, uh, I, I guess, there's also a movie that was made based upon the, the novel. Yeah. Yeah, so so the problem with that is our, our current technology doesn't have – so we can't really sustain ourselves. Like for a short period of time, fine, but for a long period of time, we can't sustain that really. And again, that's not also the only problem because if you want to have a civilization living there for a long, long period of time, then you have another problem. And that is because uh, Mars doesn't have a proper atmosphere nor a magnetic field, you have all these sun uh, uh, rays coming from the sun that are very harmful, that are being blocked uh, in our outer atmosphere of the Earth. That's not the case. Like At least portion of it is not the case for Mars. I and mean, they're okay. all rushing in. Oh, so my. Right, right away, it's not going to kill you, but your, your baby might have a genetic mutation that you might not like or something. Oh, my goodness. Like my son will be like Donald Trump? I don't want that shit at all. I don't want that at all, man. I'm telling you. But yeah, overall, <laughs> with that, it's like, is that your son? Yes, Donald Trump was born on Mars. Sorry, mutation. This happens. But overall, what I want to now, I want to move on to uh, Ahmad here. So, Ahmad, let's talk more about, I, I just mentioned uh, Donald Trump. Let's talk about the whole U.S. Space Force you know, thing that is currently going on. Uh, what is your perspective about this matter? Do you think it's a, you know, it's a real initiative? This will change our future? Does it have any huge impact on our lives? Well, here's the thing. Um, so the U.S. with the making of the Space Force, the problem is that um, they don't have a task at the moment. There's many treaties, 
what surprisingly the U.S. Um, abstained from either abstained or did not vote for, which uh, which mentioned that the space must be peaceful. Um, so, but they still but they were still voted in by all other countries. So the problem is, what will the space force do exactly? What will, what will its uh, primary concern be? Right now, whatever is under the domain of space is under the domain of the United States Air Force. Um, they help handle. Um, anything with regards to that, and what they do is uh, what they do is satisfactory at the moment. They don't need to go up and fight against anyone. Who is the enemy up in space? There's no other. Um, there's no other agency that is actually asteroids, man. Fight. Asteroids. That, that now now again, that's a very good point that Priya raised. It was just asteroids, mostly, but yeah. Uh, well, yes, <laughs> uh, but even then, it, it does raise a good point, which is something that Neil deGrasse Tyson actually uh, suggested. He suggested that the Space Force should be something that um, not only engages in space warfare, but uh, engages in space debris cleanup and also asteroid um, fighting against asteroids um, to make sure that they do not hit Earth and impact us. Um, but then the problem is, why is that not a more collective international effort? Why is only one country going forward? How about Russia? Isn't Russia involved with the, their own space force? Yes, Russia does have their own. Russia does have a space force as well. Oh my Russian, goodness! So uh, are you saying like we're going to have like uh, space wars between Russia and America in the future? But again, what is the point of all that? Here, it is land conquering. The thing is that uh, in space, treaties have been signed. Like I said. Treaties have been signed which say that the moon and all other celestial bodies. So that includes everything, not just, uh, it doesn't exclude anything out of that. All other celestial bodies must be only used for peaceful purposes. And two, that all astronauts so, that are sent in space are... And just to, kind. Right, yeah. so just to put that in perspective, and I'll let you continue for people who are not sure what that means, is that, for example, if there is a good resource, so let's say there is gold, on some asteroid that's or right something and you want to jump there and mine it as long as it's all peaceful uh, you, like you can't fight over that asteroid no it's mine and the other country says no it's mine or something like that so that treaty suggests that you can't fight over that even asteroid it's not just about planets or moons any body that is floating into space that's the idea yeah, yeah but on one question. You guys know Donald Trump's like, well, I'm going to leave this deal too. I left all the deals. I leave this one. We're going to fight anybody who wants to take our goals in the moon. So I'm telling you, what if well, that happens? That's a good point. Yeah. That's, that, well, that's a problem. Yeah. That's more a this guy has left all the treaties and agreements ever since Nixon, literally. I mean, like this guy's left everything. So that's also unlikely uh, that he will uh, somehow not continue to just get that thing in space as well. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening. So far, this was the first part of this discussion regarding astrophysics we have a lot more to cover basically and because of this we had to actually end the show here and hopefully we'll actually cover the rest of the interview with Ahmad as well as Pujix on our future uh, episode so just uh, tune in and hopefully we're going to post this in our future episodes thank you very much for listening my name is Daniel Mulgan and this was Beyond the Present Podcast thank you thank you